Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Live from the wet-dry division of the U.S. Post Office, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 300-something. Um, we were requested to add something to the podcast, so I'm going to add kittens. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Jeff. And Jeff, this is a kind of a um, talk all about you because you just accomplished something. Why don't you tell everybody what you accomplished? Well, what I did was I finally managed. To have a complete 1954 Liberty set on PSE, which has taken me about two years. And it's graded? Uh, well, I'm top position, and most of it's 98 and 100s. Yep. And this is in the set registry? That's correct. It's a set registry on PSE. So this is the uh, Liberty series, which was 1850s, basically, uh, be- right? 1950s. I'm sorry, 19... You're a century off there. (laughs) 1954 to 1968. 1954-1968. And currently I'm in first place for Never Hinge, uh, all varieties, and also in the the Pears, all varieties, Never Hinged. And I think I'm in first place in a couple other categories, but not sure. Jeff, you mean the Coil Pears, right? Coil Pears, yes. Coil Pears, that's correct. Now, a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, oh, isn't that like discount postage? I mean, it was printed in the 1950s. Isn't everything like a grade 100? Didn't they, weren't they like printing stuff at high tech levels and stuff like that? No, 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 no. This, this has been a nightmare of trying to find margins, centering. Uh, it's, it's been nonstop searching eBay, hip stamp and all the rest to find what I can find, tearing up sheets and plate blocks because some of the material just isn't coming on the market. Yeah, the, the uh, I want everybody to understand that even though these stamps, <laughs> and realistically, stamps all the way up to the 1970s, if you want to ac- accumulate a superb set of stamps, it is a job. It is difficult to do. These stamps were not, you know, printed in vast quantity. I mean, you know, they're printed in the millions. But the 
chances of finding nice ones, superb ones, is really, really difficult. And we're going to talk a bit about grading today because that's really what it is. If you want to look, if you want to get a set of Liberty stamps, you know, go buy one. It probably, you know, cost you $15 and you'll have the complete set and they'll be off-centered and some of them will be hinged and, you know, you have little pull perfs or something like that. Nothing significant. It'll be a nice looking set that you can put into your album and you could be very, very happy because every single one of the holes is filled up, except that every single hole won't be filled up, will it? Well, yeah, you've got the difference between wet and dry printings, yeah. which um, are separated by, uh, in most cases, a decade or more. Um, so that uh, that makes a difference. You can have a you can have a one cent Washington, um, and and fill the space, uh, the 1954 space, but actually have the later printing. Yep, or the earlier printing, or especially if you get into the uh, three cent uh, Statue of Liberty. I mean, what type of varieties are there on that? Um. <laughs> well, you got yeah. You mean one. the eight cent statue uh, of liberty? No, the three center. The, the three center. Yeah, you got the the, uh, wet, but the wet printing, the dry you printing. You got ten thirty five, ten thirty five e, ten thirty five c. There's all different uh, printings. We we, tr we try not to use letters and numbers. We try to tell people what they are. Well, these are pros out there. They all know what it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, you have the famous look look magazine. Yeah, uh, the look, look magazine style. <laughs> you should talk about Scott, uh, our uh, one of our uh, top uh, people here at PSC. He. Went through an entire roll of 3,000, was it? No, no, no. It was him, me, and another person. We had three rolls of 3,000. We had the major holding of look coils. And out of 9,000 of them, you got, you ended up buying it from him. But there was, what, one grade 100 yes. out of 9,000 stamps. There was one grade 100. And that was the lucky one who got that. Yeah. So, you know, there are things out there. And and then even just finding the look coil, it's like... Well, please explain why we call it the look coil. Well, you said it. Go ahead. It was because it was used to mail out Look Magazine. I uh, know, not to mail out the to, magazine. To actually mail out the mail out the subscription forms and the ads. Right, so that you, you would use the Look Magazine. But, but, there, but there is a copy known on a Look Magazine. Oh, I would love it, and it's owned by the person who you would think has it, who has because <laughs> he told me he had it. Yep, yeah, an actual look envelope with a look stamp on no, it. No, he actually has a magazine with a look stamp on it. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know they. I've seen he the said, covers. He, he said he said that it was used to forward it. Oh. And oh. I said that's perfectly plausible. That makes sense, yeah. Because um, from what I gather, it was sent out, returned, and then they put the stamp on to forward it. And I said, what a great item. Oh, that's got to be kind of unique-ish. So, uh, so we talked about that at Westpex. I, um, I was talking on Jeff's behalf about perhaps buying some of his duplicates. But uh, Well, I find it, i got to be honest with you, two years ago I was living in Germany. And I had a lot of time on my hands, and I was thinking about getting back into stamp collecting. And I thought to myself, you know, I really would like to collect those liberties. I always wanted to do those liberties. You know, it's not that expensive. You know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get back into it a bit. And then I looked on the PSC registry, and I saw, wow, this one guy, he's got, uh, 
he's got an incredible collection. I said, well, I don't think I could ever, ever catch him. And then I made this commitment. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And I spent nonstop two years. And finally, I beat this guy like, uh, should we mention his name? or should we Sure, go it? ahead. His name's Ravenswood. Hello, guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you motivated me. And so I decided that uh, I'd give it a shot. And it's probably one of the only accomplishments that I set out to do, and I accomplished it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Speaking as the most famous person that I know right now, <laughs> uh, just uh, as a reminder, Jeff has been on several times. He's the guy who took the Tank Man picture. And if you're too young to know what the Tank Man picture is, it's the guy with the plastic shopping bag standing in front of the ch- tank in Tiananmen Square. Jeff's the person who took that picture. Yeah, I got tired of tanks and decided to go to stamps, so. <laughs> so, um, that's and people have discovered this about the Prexies also. But the Prexies, you know, they started collecting these like 25 years ago. So, the Prexies and still, you know, trying to find grade 98s and 100s, basically superb stamps of the Prexy issue is incredibly difficult too. When Jeff started, I thought, oh, I wonder, you know, how hard will it be to find these stamps? But in actuality, even though the printing numbers are different, there are fewer surviving Liberty Mint Never Hinge stamps than Prexies. And I think it's because up until a very short time ago, it was discount postage and it all got used up. But it's hard finding these things. Yeah, so it's... The difficulty is uh, uh, is doubled because you're not just looking for the best centering, but just to find all the varieties is tough. Yeah, you know uh, the uh, the two cent coil, the the, the two cent Washington. Um, you know it comes wet and dry printing, and those are fairly easy to oh, tell like two apart. cent Washington. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry, uh, two cent Jefferson. Yeah, he, his relatives yeah. are going to get very angry yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, the two cent red Jefferson. Um, but uh, but yeah, the wet and dry printings are, are, are fairly easy to tell apart. But then uh, you've got a, a variety of the uh, of the dry printings um, where some are uh, tagged mm-hmm. uh, and some are not. Some have dull gum, some have shiny gum. Uh, there's a couple of different colors of gum. You've got different types of tagging. I forget silk. No silk coat or silk coat. Oh yeah, yeah and the silk coat on on the sheet version, sure. So yeah, it, it, it's tough just to put together a complete set. Yeah, so people who are going, oh, well, 1954, yeah, I should go on eBay and just spend 20 bucks and get one. You, no, you're not going to get a set of this for 20 bucks. Not to the extent that people are going that people are going to be collecting it like they collect uh, the Praxis or definitely not the Washington Franklin heads. I mean, you could almost have, you know, the Washington Franklins were printed for a longer period of time. But there's the diversity in that that there is in the Liberties and the Praxis yeah. and the Fourth Bureau issue. And you have to have the right equipment because you have to have a shortwave ultraviolet light in order, in order to tell whether or not the stamp oh, is I tagged can't. and the type of tagging. Yeah. I can't because begin to tell you the sorry. I can't begin to tell you the problems I've had with people giving me the wrong stamps. Yeah, like the 1055B, you know, and 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 uh, you want a 1055, and they keep getting it wrong. And I, I've had this happen multiple times. And some shades are so scarce. That the only way you can get them is tearing up sheets or plate box. It's the yeah. only way. And a lot of people will sell what they think is a look coil because it's tagged, but there's actually two different types of tagging on the three cent. 
um, there, where there's the coil tagging, which is a very fuzzy type of tag, and then there's a clearer tag, which is a different number. Yep. And that's the and and there's a, a lot more of those because it's a cheaper stamp. Yeah. yeah. It's a more common stamp. And then you get into the usages and things like that, the odd destinations. If you want to get into the postal history side of it, the the Liberty series, and you know when I started stamp collecting, I was really young. And uh, people would sell, they would advertise. And I remember it was uh, like H.E. Harris was advertising stamps over a hundred years old. <laughs> and they have like a number 65, a U.S. number 65. Well, today, stamps over a hundred years old are like the Washington Franklin heads. Yeah. And so you sit there and go, yeah, these are over a hundred years old. The Liberty series is 75 years old, you know, pretty close to it. You know, it's going a very short period of time, you know, because time passes fast. These are going to be 100-year-old stamps. And the collectors who are coming up now, and everybody says, ah, oh, you know, collecting is dead. It isn't. It isn't even close to being dead. These new collectors that are coming up are going to look at stamps 100 years ago in 2050 and they're going to be looking at the liberty series some of these stamps believe it or not are going for as much as some of the 1922 general issue never hint stamps they are so hard to find and uh on ebay you rarely find any of them in a grade 100 98 even uh most of them are offered as coils that i've seen but if somebody offered a, a let's say a grade 100 It'll be gone probably within the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe that out of the Liberty series, the rarest high-grade stamp is the $1. The $1 uh, Patrick Henry. Patrick mm -hmm. Henry's on it, right? Yeah. I don't want to insult his relatives. Uh, the Patrick Henry stamp, finding that in really high grade is difficult. And actually finding any stamps... Of the regular issue size, because we call them small margin stamps, finding those well-centered is incredibly difficult. Look in your collection. When you get home, if you're listening on the road, you know, pull over to the side of the road and pull your collection out of the back seat and, you know, thumb through it. You will see in your 1922 4th Bureau issue, your Prexy issue, your Liberty issue, these stamps are not well-centered. So getting well-centered stamps from these issues is difficult. They are premium items. You know, another interesting thing about the $1 Patrick Henry is um, in, in most of the uh, uh, wet, wet, wet versus dries, um, the wet issues are much richer color than the dries. Yeah, I did notice that. But in, in Patrick Henry, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. The the um, the wet printing is actually a much duller purple, not much duller, but it is a duller purple than than the dry printing, and uh, and they're kind of close, so it's it's difficult to tell those two apart. You know, we're talking about wet and dry. Who wants to talk about how these uh, stamps were produced and why we're using the terms wet and dry? Yeah, well, the uh, the difference is is uh, is based on how much or how much moisture was in the paper at the time that they printed the stamp. So the, the, the wetter the paper was, the more ink um, was accumulated in, uh, uh, when they, when they uh, applied it to the paper. Um, but you also got uh, a slightly uh, 
muddier image um, in the in the wet printings versus dry. Well, wet technique is an older technique because in because the older stamps like the Washington Franklin hints they're all wet printed. Yeah. Well, they wet printed They're, all the, right. since U.S. number one. They right. were wet printed because the the paper has to be wet mm-hmm. for it to pick up the ink, and so this was a, this was a development to to print the stamps so that they were clearer and uh, less chance of smearing. And that's wh- why they went. To, that's why it, over a period of about ten years they went to the dry printings. And the other thing about the dry printing was they reduced the moisture content in the paper. But they greatly increased the pressure which they applied the ink on. They really smashed those plates together. Well, the complaints in 1954 and 55 about the early liberties were from the post office was that the sheets were sticking together and that they were also very badly off-center. That's why the silk coat uh, paper was a was an experiment. They printed 50,000 or 100,000 stamps because the stamps were allegedly going to be, first of all, better centered, and also uh, they wouldn't shrink. They wouldn't, uh, you know, when you open, when you go to the post office and they open a file full of sheets, the sheet wouldn't be all crinkled up mm-hmm. because that's the pro- That was some of the big problems they had in the '54. It's in the postal records that you can actually get them from the uh, if you make an application to the postal department. Yeah, so if you want to be on the cutting edge of something collecting collectible, I think that the Liberty series and the Prexies are the place to go. And the problem with the Prexies is the prices have already gone up. Now the Liberty. I don't think that Liberty has gone up as much as it's going to go up. I think that there's still a lot of room in the Liberty series for uh, finding treasures. Well, I think I think Jeff is two years ahead of everybody else. And oh, I that, guarantee and, it. And that's why I think that that's why I think he should um, keep that advantage and keep doing it. But you have to. But once again, you have to love what you're doing. And I also know Jeff loves photography. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, you're in the NFT business now, aren't you? Yeah, we just launched an NFT on my Tank Man photo in collaboration with a UK artist. Uh, so um, we're going to see how that goes, but uh, there's been a lot of interest in it so far. And for those of you who don't know, NFT stands for non fungible token. And basically, what you are doing is instead of buying like a picture, you are buying the rights of an electronic picture. And so uh, that's a very, very hot market that I avoid like the plague. (laughs) I would much rather collect stamps and actually have the stamp in my hand. Uh, I will say with with non-fungible tokens, I feel very old. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like I'm a model, I collect Model Ts compared to these people. Well, I've always been very visual and uh, photography, of course, is visual, and stamps are visual. I look at each stamp as a little masterpiece, and uh, or like uh, stock certificates, basically, because it's. I think it's a good hedge against inflation right now, and I can't think of anything prettier to to hold. Uh, I mean, you can have gold in your bank account, but what fun is that? But you take a look at a beautiful five dollar. Uh, a fourth bureau, and uh, you see it all this uh, incredible detail. It's a lot more fun, I think. To a gold collector, they would say, "Take a look at a, uh, a Saint Gaudens twenty dollar gold piece." And I was just going to say something. Yeah, like that. That, that's pretty sexy. I know, yeah. but I, <laughs> I, I can think of five or six issues in coins. Hey, like. well, Jeff, when you when you were putting this collection together, um, 
were you buying already graded stamps? Yes, I was. And, um, of course, I had to have the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the very beginning, about two years ago, they were showing up. And I was buying them as they came along. And um, I bought a dollar, the Patrick Henry, and uh, turned out it wasn't, the, I forgot which one it was, the B or the or the, the other shade. But um, I finally got it after two years, just the other day. And I've got the, both Patrick Henry's. But um, it's... Um, I got to the point where I couldn't find anything anymore. I couldn't find certain um, shades, and and I, I started uh, kind of experimenting, cutting up sheets. You know, at first I was screwing everything up, and Albert was helping me, and uh, finally I got to the point where I could actually split, you know, blocks up, and I was getting good perfs, and then I got more comfortable. And of course, because I did film editing, I have an, I always look at negatives, and I see the smallest details, so I can look at eBay. And scan the page, and I don't even have to blow things up. I can get a general idea if it's a 98 grade or uh, it has a chance even at 100. And that's how I've been getting my stamps is just by looking for them, splitting them up, and then getting them graded. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I've completed a lot of these holes. And I finally completed the set, and I'm so proud of myself for being the first one to complete the, the 1954 uh, Liberty set. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, now wasn't, weren't the tag stamps very hard to find? Uh, which ones? All of them were hard. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Except it, in the case of uh, 1055B, you wanted the untagged, and you kept getting the tag. Yeah, that was a big problem. The 10 center, um, I kept. I wanted a 1044, and I kept getting the 1044B, 1044D. Mm-hmm. And it, I finally, somebody helped me recently. I found a, a low grade, but that got me to complete the set. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, you know, like I said, people out there, you're going to be poo-pooing this Liberty series and realize that this is like the next one. And, you know, in 25 years, which yeah, is kind of far away, but, you know, we'll probably all be there. You know, all of a sudden we're going to see the presidential set and going to go, God, I remember using these $5 Bassett Moore stamps on envelopes and hating them because... The post office would, you know, they'd think they were five-cent stamps instead of five-dollar stamps. <laughs> I, use, I use so many to piece out the express mail rates. Yep. yep. And at some point, they, those are going to be exactly like a, everything else we collect. Yep. So, yeah. It's been a lot of fun for me, and uh, it's kept me busy during this pandemic, so... Um, thank God for that, because otherwise I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> How do you take pictures of people wearing masks? There's no expression. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I, that's why and I think a lot of people have started collecting stamps because of the pandemic, wouldn't you say? Oh, well, PSE right now is flooded. We are we try to do a turnaround time of like three weeks, and sometimes we hit like four weeks. During the pandemic, and nobody at PSC you know, left PSE because of COVID. So, you know, we had 100% of our staff operating. They operated out of their houses and stuff like that, but we were 100% operating. But we got inundated because people are sitting at home and they're not going to restaurants and they're not going on vacation. So they have all this extra time on their hands with money in their pockets and they're buying stamps. And then when you buy stamps, you know, people who, you know, I'm not going to say people who are smart, but people who are smart, uh, when they have uh, 
when they're buying like an expensive stamp, they want to get it certified. And we're just having a flood of certified stamps come in. Well, I, uh, about two years around the same time, I decided I wanted to try to go uh, do postal history with the um, the Liberty Series, and uh, I've I've found some really uh, interesting items. But uh, the real cream of the crop, the ones I really need, there's a few guys out there that have the hoard, and <laughs> I, unless uh, unless they can unlock some of that material, I'm pretty much. Uh, uh, I'm in non-metal grade right now until I get access to some of that material. Oh, yeah. Well, most of the uh, Liberty Series postal history was in the dollar boxes. You know, these people who have, you know, a thousand great items, you know, maybe paid a thousand dollars for them. (laughs) And now the prices have just caught up with the market. It's really hard, especially foreign uh, destinations. Um, you know, third-class rates uh, are, you know, unusual rates are very hard to find. It's, it's just been very, very difficult. And I'm still trying, and I've got quite a bit of material, and a lot of it's quite nice, but uh, I need to bridge that gap on some of the more um, exotic and hard-to-find destinations and stuff. <laughs> because these stamps were the workhorse stamps for so many years, is it going to be a challenge to to find contemporary use? Oh, I bet you that's going to be a real big. Uh, Most of that stuff was thrown away at the time. Yeah, that's, you'd that's, ha- you'd have to try to find like um, individual usages and stuff like that because I'm I I am not using Liberty Series stamps right now, but I have. You know, you can find. 2015 covers from me with the Liberty series on them. Right. I mean, I still use them for posters if they've been hinged. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the two cent silk coat, the experimental paper on a third class cover now catalogs $15,000 in, in the 2021 <laughs> special. <laughs> that is serious money. Oh, wow. But it is the kind of thing you could still find. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest problem is, is that. Um, is that companies aren't keeping their mail? Uh, what made what made the collecting of banknote covers, for instance, and uh, 1869 covers and 1851 to 57 covers so so um, possible, was that a lot of these companies kept their archives for over a hundred years. Uh, there was there was a there was a guy in in uh, in uh, um, New Jersey back in the in the 70s that bought uh, basically all of a company's archives and it was being sold as as waste paper and uh, all these rare uh, um, they were all addressed to a company called Landman and Kemp you know, but there but very very rare forwarder markings that were used to be two or three thousand dollars well you know like 20 of them came up at one time well, what, what what was it uh, Buchanan Carroll and Company. The one on the Mississippi River in Louisiana. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds somewhat familiar. Yeah, I think it's Buchanan and Carroll. And uh, if you find a riverboat cancel, it's probably to this company. They saved all their mail, and so you know the, their correspondences is where. We get most of the cancels of the Louisiana riverboat stuff. A lot of a lot of the early Hawaii postal history is stuff that was sent to the whaling factors back in New England. There, um, there's a company called Swift and Allen in New Bedford that was that was that sent out 
dozens of whaling ships, and so there's lots of mail sent back with accounting, you know, saying I sold this much, I, I've been so successful or unsuccessful on this whaling trip. We've collected so many barrels of oil and so many, so many tons of bone, whale bone, and uh, and the, and because Lahaina was the capital of that part of the whaling industry, the, most of the letters are are have a subtext of being sent from Lahaina, Maui. Well, my favorite story is the uh, revenue paper. You know, you'll have they had to pay a, a remnant of the old Stamp Act. Uh, if you wrote a check, you had to pay two cents to the government, and you either put a two cent stamp on it or they pre-printed the stamp on it. And they find these new varieties. And it's like, oh wow, we found a new variety. And it's like, wow. So is it unique? No, we found twenty-two thousand of them because they were all from this one carpet company. And so you know, you get these boxes and boxes of uh, revenue uh, paper. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Congratulations, Jeff. Yeah, thank you very much. Good luck on your NFT also. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we're out. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> <laughs> uh.